What's up? I'm Ryan McMorris. And I'm Wesley McMorris. And we're happily married most of the time. And proud parents of some pretty awesome kids most of the time. And we spent way too much time in corporate America working 70 hours a week, not living our lives intentionally. So we became hardcore entrepreneurs in 2014 and committed to creating a life of freedom. And we believe you can create a life of freedom and a lifestyle of your dreams and make as much money as you want. So whether you're looking to start an online biz or you already have an online business and you're ready to take things up a notch, we got your back. Most of the time, unless you're tripping. So grab a pen and paper and let's make it happen. I love it. Yo, and just, I mean, I, I, when I read that for the first time, I was like, man, that's where, that's where we're shooting ourselves on the foot is thinking that like every dollar that you keep in 100% or you keep in 90%, like I said, for those of you that tie. If you think, even if you think you keep a 90, like knowing that you can live off 40 or 50 and then knowing that there's a job for the other 60 to 50, then, um, and you're, and you follow those rules, like you don't break the rules and they're all set up strategically. Like, uh, like, uh, T Harv Ecker says, create a play account so you can blow it. So you can psychologically blow that money every single month or give it away so you can flex the muscle of baller, you know, mm-hmm. that way you don't end up blowing out your budget. I think one of the biggest things that we learned over the last couple of years is rich people, budget. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like rich people get rich because they budget. Mm-hmm. Rich people stay rich because they budget. Mm-hmm. And they budget intentionally and strategically. Yeah. And then you have a play account. You know, so so I'll even attest to what you just said. Like I'm in the middle of a remodel, and for whatever reason, every time I remodel a house, I destroy the budget. I unequivocally destroy it because there's always something else that I want to add. And all the flip my house people are liars. They're just liars. Just it's gonna be a hundred grand to do this. No, it ain't. That's a lie. No, it's gonna be a hundred and fifty. It's gonna be a hundred and seventy-five. That makes great TV, right? But because of what you said, having a play account, I'm able to justify, okay, I know I'm over, but I can pull it from over here. Right. I have to pull it from something that's supposed to go somewhere else. I'm not pulling it from investments. I'm not pulling it from the stock market. I'm not pulling it from money market. I'm not pulling it from bonds. I'm not pulling it from gold. I'm not pulling it from silver. I'm not pulling it from crypto. I'm not pulling it from things that have the money working. Because right. that's, the, that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to work. And the longer your money is working, then as you get older, you put yourself in a position that you're not having to work for the money. You know what I mean? But if you don't have your money working for you now, you're going to continue to keep working for money for the rest of your life. You used to call them them soldiers, right? That's right. That's right. You got to have your soldiers going out there, bringing you back more soldiers. You know, I, I was looking at Shark Tank one day and I heard Mr. Wonderful say that. So I got to give I, I got to give credit where credit is due. You know, Mr. Wonderful, he was talking to one of the one of the uh, one of the people that wanted the investment. And he said, listen, my idea of what my money is doing is that if I give you some of my soldiers, I'm expecting my soldiers to come back with more soldiers. Right. I'm not expecting my soldiers to come back dead. Right. I'm not sending my soldiers out there to get killed. And the way your business model is set up, my soldiers are going to get annihilated. <laughs> you know I mean? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That's a good point. You know, so if you've got money in investments and different things, that's designed for those soldiers 
to go out and bring you more soldiers. You're taking 10 Benjamins and putting them somewhere so they can bring you back 20 Benjamins and 30 Benjamins and 50 Benjamins and 200 Benjamins. You're not putting out 10 Benjamins so you can come back and then there's only nine Benjamins left. Right. You know what I mean? Because you busted it up or you did something stupid that we're going to talk about here in these next couple of rooms. So that's definitely the deal. I feel you, man. That's, that's, that's some real shit. I, when I, uh, have, you, have you read uh, or listened to The Millionaire Booklet by Grant Cardone? No, I, I have not. I can't, I can't say I have. It's, Grant's an interesting guy, so I can't say I have. Yo, this is good. And I remember, I, all, it, it just reminded me of something he said. He was like, look, you know, money doesn't, money don't sleep, but it sure as hell get bored, you know? And, Fast. <laughs> and most people out here are trying to save to save. And you never save to save. You save to invest. You save for your money works. If your money's just sitting somewhere, it's not doing anything, it's bored. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the rich people are doing something with it. So right. it's like, you, <laughs> you set it in a, you set it in a savings account so they can pay you 0.1%, 0.2%. Right. Or, or, or well, here's one of the craziest things I always hear. The bank, the bank wants to lock your money up in a CD for three years or five years. So let me get this right. You're going to lock my money up for five years in the CD. Right now, uh, uh, the prime rate is zero. So I, I don't even know what a CD is right now because I hate CDs. But if you got your money in a CD, let's say they're paying you 2%. They're paying you 2% on your $100,000 that you put in the CD for five years. Like you can go shoot dice on the corner and make more money than that. You know, because guess what they did? They took that 100 grand. And they made. And they loaned it out eight to 10 times. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're making money on your money and you can't access the money. And if you need to get access to it, they're going to make you pay a penalty to get your own money. Like people don't think about this stuff. It they don't think about it. Sense. But it's safe. It's safe. Sure. Yeah, you're right. No, mm -hmm. let your money work. It's called currency for a reason, right? Don't they call it currency for a reason? That's right. That's right. Big facts. <laughs> Big facts. Big facts. Rule leads us to the rule number six. Rule number six, never hang around five broke friends unless you want to be number six. Never hang around five broke friends unless you want to be number six. Listen, if five of your friends go to the gym on a regular basis, there's a good chance you go to the gym. If five of your friends smoke blunts at five o'clock in the evening, there's a good chance you're probably firing up one at five too. If five of your friends are alcoholics, there's a good chance that you are number six. If five of your friends are womanizers, there's a good chance that you are number six. You are what you eat. So if you are what you eat, you got to say, well, hold on. I got to evaluate my circle. I got to evaluate my circle. Now, there's going to be some people that are going to be on here that's going to say, well, I don't have any millionaire friends. That's a lie. They're on YouTube. They're on Facebook. They're on podcasts. They're at the library. They're in magazines. They're in books. You got to create new friends. And new friends could be people that you are learning from, from an auditory perspective, from audible from what you're reading, from blogs, from whatever the case may be that you know that this person is a validated six-figure earner and you want to be a six-figure earner, or this person is a validated seven-figure earner or eight-figure earner, and that's what you want to be, then that's the advice and that's who you should be listening to. The challenge that I think that we have a lot of in the home-based business arena is that we've got a bad case of fronting going on. We got a bad case of, you know, my man Pharrell from DA, two up, two down. I think he made that song for a lot of people in the home-based business arena <laughs> because Facebook and Instagram and YouTube has created this ability for people to do things and act like they're someone that they really aren't. And you got to validate that stuff. Like you really, really got to validate it and make sure that people are who they say they are. So 
you got to watch your company. Top five friends. If they're broke, there's a good chance that you're going to be number six. You know, I, I have a very, very interesting background. And because, you know, I, I get raw anyway, and this is a uncut part podcast, and you already knew I was going to be uncut anyway. You know, my five, my five top friends when I was growing up, they was dope boys. So if my five top friends growing up were dope boys and trying to be Frank Lucas when they grew up, then what do you think I did? It was number six. Right. <laughs> and all six of us went to jail. You know what I mean? I mean, we ain't got the same time, but all six of us did it. You know what I mean? Because you are that product of what you're seeing every day, who you're surrounding yourself with. And then all of a sudden, when I kind of switched that mindset, and I remember being in the circle, you know, in the mortgage industry, and it was crazy. You know, my, my first year was like 65,000, it was 2001. Yeah, 2001, my first year was 65 grand. Second year was 300, and the uh, 2003, the third year was 2.1 million. I thought the sky was gonna part. Like, I legitimately thought the sky was gonna part. I'm like, hold on for a second. Like, I was just in jail nine years ago. Like, I'm still a three time loser. Like, how is this, how is this possible? You know what I mean? But I started looking at my surroundings, and I'm like, well, hold on. The people that I'm around, they make 80 grand, 100 grand, 150 grand a month. Like, it's nothing. This is what they do on a regular. So it's like, because that's what I was surrounding myself around, that's what I became. So you have to understand who are the top five people that I'm spending the most time with? Who am I spending the most time with on Facebook? Who am I spending the most time with in instant messaging? Who am I spending the most time with through texting? Who am I spending the most time with on a telephone? Because I promise you that you are a culmination of those top five people. Rule number six. Heavy rule right there. Heavy, 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 look heavy. Because you look around, and it's your responsibility. So you're either going to cut them off, or you're going to find new people. Man, it is tough, bro. Mm -hmm. You know how it's tough. Man, it is so tough for people to do this. I mean, every time I go to the city, you know, I'm from Richmond. I live in Florida right now. And, you know, every time I go to the city, I can't, I can't call certain people. I can't go certain places. You know what I mean? Because, hey, I was raised a certain way, but that's not what I'm doing today. And there are certain people that are still in the game. So I'm like, I understand what I have to lose. You know what I mean? I got a family. I got kids. I got a lot of people that depend on me to be breathing and depending on me to, to, to continue my hustle. Right? So I can't put myself in situations where maybe I don't make it back to the flight. Right. You know what I mean? It's just not a good look. So you got to kind of cut people off. I mean, I, 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 I come into the city sometimes, bro, and like, I don't even post. I don't even post. And then I get back home. And I post. Then my boys, yo, I ain't know you was in the city. Like, what you do? Yeah, where, where you at? I'm, I'm home. What you mean? What you, I just see the pictures on Facebook 20 minutes ago. Yeah, those pictures were from four days ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that comes down to discipline of of knowing how your environment can affect you or affect you. Because a lot of us, you know, it's, I was talking to somebody the other day about like, yo, uh, somebody said I, I can't watch Ozark because it. Um, it's too stressful. I'm like, good. Because if you know that that's the environment that you're not ready to be in, avoid the environment. Like, but a lot of us, we don't, we, we're so susceptible to, like, we, we aren't doing the inner work, right? Well, and so if you know that you've done the inner work that you can go into, like, like look, look, Jesus went to hell itself and withstood the devil himself. Why? Because he had done the inner work to be to fight the temptation, mm -hmm. right? Some of us, we haven't done enough inner work. 
right? But some of us, we have done enough inner work where you can go back and you can say, you know what? I can, I can roll with this. I can fight the, I can, I can withstand the heat of being in the kitchen because I've, I'm prepared. But if you aren't prepared, inner, just avoid it. You know, like if you, if you not ready, then avoid it. No, that's, that's big. That's, that's big facts. And everybody should look at Ozark. I'm just saying. I know you should. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's my Maybe you need to watch it during the day. Uh, so you're not susceptible at night and all that shit. But yes, you should watch Ozark. Ozark is a good ass show. Man, Ozark good. Ozark is, Ozark is good. As a matter of fact, I'm pissed off because Ozark should be at least a 20 episode season. This is bullshit. Here's the only problem with Ozark. It's a binger. Got to be kept. It's a binger. And you can't, I mean, you got to, you got to watch, uh, you can watch. But the cool thing is it's only 10 episodes, so you can get it in a weekend. It's not going to be like a one month binge where you just like. No, it's not a one month binge. No, it's not a, but hey, I mean, some people got stuff to do, man. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. You just got to block out where you can get the 10 hours in and get it get on <laughs> and just and move on. But, <laughs> what <are> you, <laughs> you said just block out the 10 hours. <laughs> Big facts. Unless you start off at season number one. Right. Like, oh, really through all three seasons. Good Lord. If you're starting <laughs> off at season number one, then just, 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 I mean, you, you shouldn't, you, then you need to be listening to this first. Create residual income that works on itself. That way you can sit there and watch Ozark for 30 hours. There you go. Exactly. And, you, and you're good. So you can do like I did when I, when I watched Power for the first time. I binge watched Power. I never looked at Power. I binge watched the first, the first couple of seasons the whole weekend. I just sat in my theater and I'm just like, the whole weekend. It was all day. Yeah. I got to the freaking theater in the morning. When I came out, it was nighttime. That was all day. It was crazy. Man. That was me too, man. Because I, you know, I messed around because I started late on Power. And uh, me too. Me too. I started on Sons of Anarchy too. That was that one really messed because I was like catch up, you know. So you know you got to be careful with catch up on on uh, on facts. Uh, you know, be disciplined with your with your with your Hulu, your Netflix, your HBO, your Showtime. Yes. Because we about to catch up on ballers. We just started ballers, and uh, oh boy, oh boy, we got yeah, yeah. man, the quarantine got us all messed up. Ooh, wee, let's get to these rules, boy. I tell you, rule number seven hundred and thirty-two. Be careful with Netflix. <laughs> rule number seven: Every time you get paid, always pay yourself first. Every time you get paid, always pay yourself first. All right. So I got this philosophy, and and, and the philosophy is real simple, right? Okay. If you have a car and a car note, who is the person that created the money? to actually get the car note, you. So why wouldn't you get paid, you pay the car note first? Right. Why wouldn't you get paid, you pay the landlord first, you pay Wells Fargo first, you pay the mortgage first, you pay this first, you pay that first. Pay yourself first. You always have to pay yourself first. This is a, a rule from Warren Buffett. Always pay yourself first. You are the goose that laid the golden egg. So if you're the goose that's laying the eggs to take care of all these different bills, pay yourself first. And we already kind of broke that number, so it could be a minimum of 10%. I wouldn't say go lower than that. Right. You know, a minimum of 10%, but if you can pay yourself 20% every time you get paid, you are so Gucci. Because some of y'all get paid every day, some of you get paid once a week, you know, if you get paid twice a month, whatever, whatever the frequency of your pay, 10 to 20% of that, pay yourself first. Minimum 10%. We ran the numbers at 10% you know, a few minutes ago, but if you create the income streams in the way that we were just talking about, 
you could be doing 20% on a regular without even blinking. So you're just taking that off top. So it's like, hey, that don't even count. That don't even count. My check was $500, $100 don't even count. Technically it was $400. Don't even count. So I got to navigate with this 400 and I got to pay the three letter man. And I got to tie. And I got to freaking, you know, uh, do my investments. Like I got to do all these different things with this 400 versus 500. So pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. Big one. Um, rule number eight. Rule number eight. If you have a job, if you have a job, never let someone in a human resource department choose where your money should go in a 401k plan or some sort of retirement vehicle. This is a scary one because there's a lot of people who never knew anything about a 401k. They never knew anything about an IRA. After 90 days of them being at their job, you know, somebody from human resources called them and said, hey, you qualify for the 401k plan. And they're like, well, what is that? Oh, that's this program that, you know, you got this investments and you put in X amount of dollars that we're going to automatically take out your check and we're going to match it 2% or 3% or 5% or whatever case may be. And because you don't have any uh, financial wherewithal, at the time you're like, so what do you think I should put it at? Mm. Okay. Now, here's the challenge with that. The challenge with that is that there's a good chance that the human resource department, lady or woman, makes the same amount of money that you make or less. Or if they make more, it's probably not more than 10% of what you're making. Yo, yo, thanks for tuning in to Intentional Lifestyle Radio. If you're enjoying this episode, make sure you subscribe. And snap a quick pic of this episode and tag us on IG at ILC University. Plus, catch our training videos on YouTube at ILCTV.com. All right, let's get back to the episode. So why would you take advice from that person? That person is technically not in a financial advisor because if they were a financial advisor, they wouldn't be in a human resource department. Well, most financial advisors are broke anyway. Facts. I mean, that's, that, that's a conundrum that I've been, you know, kind of, kind of wrapping on. Like, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Um, why am I taking advice from this financial advisor who drives a Prius? Well, don't judge him by the Prius, though. I know. You, you, I, never, you, never, you never know. I know a lot of people who drive Priuses that got a lot of money. You get where I'm coming from. It's like, why take advice from someone, financial advice from, you know, Edward Jones, right? And I'm taking advice from this dude that is really just a, he's a middle class. I mean, he's making just as much money or less than I am. So he's going to tell me what to do with my money. You know what I mean? He's going to give me the market advice. He's going to get like, I want to take advice. That's why I'm doing this podcast from Cedric. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's who I want to get money advice from. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking wrong. No, let me, have you, have you heard the Google story? I've told it on stage so many times. The, the, uh, the, story, the story that hurt my feelings that basically I'm not even supposed to be on this podcast with you right now. Uh-huh. Here's, no, here, here's, here's why I say I'm not supposed to be on the podcast. It has nothing to do with the podcast. It has everything to do with, with my life. And it, it ties right into what you were saying. So in 2003, Google did its IPO, its initial public offering. Morgan Stanley was one of the underwriters for the Google IPO. I was in the mortgage industry at the time. I called up my financial advisor. His name was Dave Nicholson at Morgan Stanley in Denver, Colorado. I'll never forget it. And I had money in futures. I had money in stock. I had money in oil. I had money in different places. I said, Dave, put X amount of dollars on Google. And it was a chunk, bro. I ain't talking 10, 20, 50, 100 grand. I said, put X amount of dollars on Google. He said, Cedric, you're crazy. I said, you knew that before I called you. Put X amount of dollars on Google. He was like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And I'm like, why not? He said, because I was around when everybody lost their money in the last dot-com bust, and it wasn't cool. He was like, I think this Google thing might do something, but I'm not really betting on it. I don't think it's going to do 
what it's going to do. And if you put that much on it, you're going to be pissed off if you lose that money. So within 30 minutes, bro, for 30 minutes, he talked me out of doing it. I took his advice. Two weeks later, Google was doubled. Mm. Two weeks, everybody go do the research. Google IPO'd, I think, $62 a share. It was doubled two weeks later. I picked up the phone and I called up Dave. Hey, Dave, what do you think now? Said, I know how you feel. I know you're upset. It's going to be okay. You know, you win some, you lose some, blah, 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 blah. A month later, I'm just saying, because obviously Google took over the internet. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, man. So I'm at my old boss's house, my mentor, that was worth a couple hundred million dollars. I had to see him every day. I told him the Google story. He looked at me and he started laughing. Now, nobody else is seeing my face right there on this video but you. I just want everybody to know that's listening that there's no smile coming across my face right now. And I had no idea why he was laughing. And I looked at Bill and I said, what's funny about that story? He said, here's what's funny about that story. You know, you guys get a little bit of money and you want to go out and get a financial advisor. And it's hilarious to me. I said, why is that hilarious? He said, Cedric, how much money does your financial advisor make? I said, about $300,000 a year. He said, interesting. He said, I pay you that every quarter. Why are you taking financial advice from somebody who has less money than you and that makes less money than you? It was the gut punch, just like what you just said a minute ago. Right. And I stepped back and I thought about it. He said, you should have asked me, should you invest in Google? I said, well, did you invest in Google? He said, I sure did. And he went to the kitchen, got a cup of coffee and just looked at me with a smirk on his face. Bro, based upon the amount of money that I would have had on the table at Google right now, I would be in Turks and Caicos, butt-ass naked, with a freaking banana behind my ear doing something I got no business. Because I would still be living off of that bread right now. Because it was a chunk. Because Google split a couple times since then. You know what I mean? Google got all the way up to over $1,000 a share. I, I think it's still there. I think it's over $1,000 a share right now. You know what I mean? So the whole meaning behind that story is based on just like what you just said. Why am I taking financial advice from XYZ person? And if you're taking the financial advice from that quote unquote financial advisor, then you need to look at their track record and then you need to find out what their net worth is at the same time. Because if their net worth is lower than your net worth, then why are you allowing them to make commission off of the stuff that you're doing, especially if you're looking at making some sizable investments. You know, if it's just $100 here, $300 here, $1,000 here, okay, that's whatever. But if you are like getting serious about this, and if a financial advisor doesn't want to tell you that they're, what their net worth is, that ain't the right financial advisor. Because somebody that has a strong network that's referring other people, that's calling you about this and calling you about that, they have no problem with telling you, I'm worth $5 million. I'm worth $10 million. I'm worth $15 million. They say, well, if I'm worth hundred grand and you know, you're trying to invest two hundred and fifty thousand. That's probably the wrong financial advisor. Right. No, I, I think there's a, a time and place for it, but definitely, definitely like do your research, be careful, uh, be just be smart, you know? Um, just be smart and just understand like I wouldn't take I wouldn't take any advice from somebody I wouldn't want to trade places with. Oops. Big facts. Big facts. <laughs> big facts and uh most people don't like to hear that truth bro right they just don't like to hear that truth and they think that they're they, they take that advice from their friends 
or different people. And, and because of Facebook, everybody likes to ask the opinion of other people. Mm. I'm ready to make this investment. What do you guys think? And then all these people start chiming in. Like, you, you're basing your life off of some comments. Right. You, and then you're getting, you're getting it from all different directions. And I think that, like, there was one thing I learned as a professional baseball player. Like, I think the one thing that really hurt my career is something will happen. And I'll come back to the dugout or I go back to the film room and I'd ask multiple people about their opinions. And when you ask multiple people about your opinions, it actually halts you from going the place you want to go because now you can't make a move. And mm -hmm. so you need to, sometimes I think you do need to ask multiple people so you can figure out which direction you want to go. And then you never ask multiple people again. You like, you, you figure out, okay, like I'm going to ask this person, is that the advice that was going to help me? Yes or no? Move forward. But, but well, I know for me, like if I would have gone back, to, when I started going back to one person, one hitting coach, that's when, that's when my, my hitting improved. That's when I had my best season as a pro ball player. When I stopped asking everybody about their opinions on my swing, my approach, it was I trusted one dude. No, mm -hmm. to him every time. No, I dig it, bro. And that's, that's big facts. And I, and I hope everybody that's listening really get that because you're speaking it from a sports point of view. And that's so, so critical. So if we look at a, a LeBron or if we look at a Tiger Woods or if we look at a, a Michael Jordan, like because obviously we got this Michael Jordan stuff going on right now, they didn't have five or six people that they were listening to. Right. It was one. Because if you listen to five or six people, you're going to get five or six different answers. Yep. And then now the brain has to decipher which answer do I like the most and it's paralyzed for a little while before it makes that decision because a confused mind does nothing. So why put your mind in a state of paralyzation, even though I know that's not a word for my English majors, but I'm gonna say it again. Why put your mind in a state of paralyzation and delay the decision when it doesn't have to be delayed? Right. You got that one person. So I'm with you, I'm with you. Rule number nine, this kind of ties into it. When investing money, rule number nine, when investing money, try to do everything in your power to invest in things that you know and understand. Rule number nine, when investing money, try to do everything in your power to invest in things that you know and understand. Here's what happens when you start to invest in things that you don't know and you don't understand. You make knee-jerk decisions because you didn't do any research and you don't know, right? So, so case in point, Already uh, a month ago, stock market got hit. I knew I saw it coming. I knew it was coming because you you see me talk about this stuff all the time on social media. I knew I just saw it. I just I was like, people don't don't realize what goes up must come down, right? And you just you just not going to get this market to keep going like this, even if the corona wasn't going to hit us. That thing was going to pull back, right? All right, so boom. So it takes the shaving. So then a lot of people go in. A lot of people go in and they start selling stuff that they didn't know that much about because they were just making decisions based off of this advice over here, that advice over here, okay, I'm gonna put 500 over there, I'm gonna put a thousand dollars over there, or whatever. They didn't make those decisions, boom. They get clipped up. Then the market starts to tick back up. Now they're scared. Scared money don't make no money. Now they're scared. Well, I don't wanna put it back in because I don't know if this is gonna work or not. It's because you don't know what you're investing in. Right. That's why if you really understood what you were investing in, you wouldn't be doubting yourself. 
It's like I put this post up, I put this post up um, a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about gold. And, and, and let me say this when I start talking about investing or anything, I am not a financial advisor. Please consult your financial advisor for any pertinent financial information. I don't play one on podcasts. I don't play one on TV. I don't play one on Facebook. I don't play one on YouTube. I want to make sure that I say that and put in my disclaimer. Now that I got that out of the way. I was talking about gold. And I was like, look at gold. Gold is and so a bunch of people start inboxing asking all these questions, right? And I'm like, look, I can't give you advice on this. This is I don't get paid to give advice on this stuff. That's that's not what I went to school for. I just tell people things that I've done, things that I've learned over time. Then there's people like, oh my goodness, it's gonna come down, I'm selling, blah, blah, blah. Do what you choose. You, you can do what you choose, but I've been here since it was 500. And, and I understand what happens when interest rates go down. I understand what happens when the government cuts on the printing press. And they print out all this money and people start to run toward a safe haven. I was reading an article earlier today that there's, uh, for one ounce of gold right now, there's a 7% premium because they can't even get it, can't even get it. So for one ounce of gold, you're paying about $135 over spot, over spot, when typically you were paying about 20 bucks over spot. Most people don't get it. 17, 19, before I popped on this uh, podcast today, 1719 $1,719 for an ounce of gold. That means it's gonna cost you about $1,840 to buy one ounce. And most people didn't get it that, you know, when it was 1100 or 1200 or 1300 or 1400 they, they didn't get it. But because they didn't research and they didn't know what they were investing in, they sat on the sidelines. Same thing happened to Bitcoin. People didn't understand what they were investing in, right? So they ran it up, and then the, 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 the big boys came in and chopped everybody's head off. People don't understand how the media works. Once the media got a hold of it, the numbers kept getting higher and higher and higher because people are getting, it's getting more attention. It got all the way up to about 18 grand. And then the big boys said, all right, let's get rid of all these people. Bam! And they started selling. And as soon as they started selling, they scared the shit out of so many people. And the numbers just went, Ooh! and then what did the big boys do again? When it's dipping, hanging around at 4,000, hey, let's go back up in here now. So boom, got rid of everybody, made millions, Went back in at four grand. I think last time I checked the phone, I got on this podcast. I, I watched these ticker symbols and everything going on. $7,800. You know what I mean? But if you don't know what you're investing in, do your research because it is so quick. It is so easy to be able to make an emotional decision when you don't know what you've invested in. And any stockbroker, any good financial advisor will tell you, do not make emotional decisions when it comes to the market because emotion will um, will force you to lose money yeah it's got to be logical now we don't make logical decisions typically in life but when you look at money when you look at money you cannot make an emotional decision with it because if you make an emotional decision with it when it comes down to an investment there's a good chance that you're going to lose you think long you think wrong so if you don't know what you're investing in, don't invest it. And if you, if you want to invest in something that you don't know anything about, do a significant amount of research on it. Hmm. Significant amount before you do it. So this is my philosophy. Rule number nine. Like Rule number 10. This is a crazy one. Rule number 10. Never pay interest. Never pay interest on shoes, furniture, jewelry, and et cetera just because the department store gave you the credit. 
Just because Macy's gave you a credit card doesn't mean you got to get it. Mm. Just because the jewelry store did it doesn't mean, don't pay interest on furniture, jewelry, shoes, all the stuff just because the department store gave you the credit. Always try to get 0% cards when you're doing this. You don't know unless you ask. Because then somebody's going to say, why? So let me help you out. Here's why. Okay. All right. So I've got a Best Buy card, right? I've got a, I got Best Buy card. It's got 0% for 24 months anytime I go there, right? Um, however, in the fine print that most people don't read, they say, oh, 0% for 24 months, 0% for 12 months. Great. Here's the fine print. It's 26. It's, it's 26% interest. It's 28% interest from the balance at month number 13. So you've got 0% for 12 months and you've just been throwing little minimum payments at it. you got a $2,000 bill. You've been throwing $50 a month at it, $20 a month at it. Now, 12 months later, that $2,000 bill is $1,600. Now they're charging you 28% interest on that whole $1,600. You, do you realize you just paid for that television five times? Bruh. You just paid for that washer five times. You, 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 you bought a gold chain. You bought a gold chain for $3,000 and you just paid 12, 12 grand for it. Shoes. People do this stuff at department stores and it's scary to me. Furniture stores, furniture stores are the worst. Furniture is the worst investment you can ever buy in your life because it is not an investment. Okay, because when you go to try to sell it, you're gonna get 20 cents on the dollar. It's just, it, 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 nobody wants your old bed. And right. if they buy it, they're gonna give you 20 cents on a dollar. They buy your couch, they're gonna give you 20, 30 cents on a dollar. I don't care where you bought it at. It doesn't matter what you paid for it, don't matter. You're gonna get 20, 30 cents on a dollar, unless you come across somebody that's like, that wants it really, really, really bad and they got a unique piece. Yeah, it's a unique piece or something. But outside of that, it doesn't matter. So try to get 0% when it comes to that stuff, because uh, you'll be paying two, three, four, five times on that. You look like you wanted to elaborate on that. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, I mean, keep up with your stuff, you know, like, because I, I, I got that same Best Buy car. I got the same rooms to go car, but you just never make, you just never make minimum payments. And it's just discipline and set reminders, you know, like pay attention to your dates and understand that you can manipulate the system because they, that's, they, they market that stuff to get people in the door mm -hmm. and they know that if you, but you can just outsmart it. All my TVs were from Best Buy and I buy that same because they do the same promotions over and over again. 18 months, no interest, 24, no months, no interest. And it's around the same time of year, but you can just play the system. And I usually just pay, I, I do the math. I usually make a little over the minimum until like two months before that I just paid all off. There you go. I know my and, and, and the other thing you do is, is for those of y'all that are like, okay, well, I like to pay all my stuff off really quickly. Don't do that. Right. From a credit perspective. You got to yeah. build your credit. Yeah. Yeah. Build your credit up from a credit perspective. Like I used to do that all the time. And one of my credit guys was like, say it, stop. Like you got all this credit and, and, and you got all these zero balances. And I'm like, that's because I don't like owing people money. He was like, where do you get that mindset from? I'm like, you don't know where I was raised at. <laughs> you don't go around owing people money where I was raised at. It's not a good look. So I don't want to owe nobody no bread. He was like, but it's not helping out your credit. Right. Once he really broke it down to me about seven years ago, I'm like, okay, I get it, man. Already, I get it. You know, so so if it's 12 months interest-free and you got the liquid, don't pay it off in three months because they don't like that. It's interest-free anyway. Right. You know, run it for that 12 months. 
running for that 12 months, maybe beat your balance down if you got a $10,000 balance on it, you know, and you max it out at 10 grand, maybe beat the balance down to five grand. So now you're at 50%. Right, that way you don't hit the threshold. How would it feel to turn social media strangers into a flood of new enrollments and sales for your business? Well, we're going to show you exactly how to do that in our social media instant profit masterclass, where we'll show you exactly the three steps that we've been using over the years to create a flood of enrollments and sales in our business and the same three-step process that we teach thousands of students that have gone through the same thing. So head over to ilcuniversity.com forward slash masterclass and get your access to the social media instant profit masterclass today. See you there.